that guess the bad review. Yeah, guess the bad review. We need so, a theme song. We need a theme yeah. song for this. Maybe like, um, oh god, like the circus, like the circus theme, like something like that. Just something, yeah, just something lighthearted. My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. No, 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 Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Kaiju Weekly, the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies. I am your host, and and with me, as always, is my co-host, Jamalicious Jackson. Oh, boy. I, <laughs> I, no. Mm-mm. No, I'm going to fight my better instincts, and I'm just going to let that one go this week. I can't, no, I can't do it. I'm sorry, Travis. Oh, man. <laughs> that sounds like MC Hammer's real name. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it kind of does. I don't even, what is MC Hammer's real name? I have no idea. I have to, I would have to Google that. Isn't it something really nerdy? Like Stanley Kirk Burrell. Stanley. There we go. Yeah, Stanley. <laughs> Old Stanley. <laughs> oh boy how are you today man i'm doing good you think the show's already off the rails i mean no <laughs> we're no, 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 no no i don't think the hammer no i don't think we're totally off the rails yet we just we get you and i for some odd reason get distracted way too easily yes very very much so i i always liken myself to a gorilla that has just uh has been handed a mirror for the first time so it's like trying to figure out what this is that's in my hands now, huh? Uh, what? Yeah, it's it's the same. Yeah, I, I get it. No, I get it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have fun. We're gonna have some fun this week, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think today uh, today is going to be a really fun episode. Um, we do not have a news story to cover, so there's not going to be any BDBD to cue. <laughs> but we're going to bring back a segment that I think we had a lot of fun with last time. I don't know if it, the listeners had a lot of fun with. <laughs> and that well, is... Go ahead. Guess the bad review! Yeah, guess the bad review. We need so, a theme song. We need a theme yeah. song for this. Maybe like... Um, Oh God! Like the circ, like the circus theme, like yeah, something like that. Just something, yeah, just something lighthearted. My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. No, 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 no. Um. Yeah, so this time you're the one who's organized some of the bad reviews, and I'm going to be guessing the movies that they come from. So. Yes, and I'm gonna. I had some fun with this finding all the 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 really bad reviews. I've got some good ones here. Uh, I've got some. I got some tough ones for you. I'm hoping that you're. I'm hoping to um, stump you a little bit. And I will say, at least one of these is in the Toho catalog, but it's not a Godzilla movie. Okay, so this, so we need to we need to break this down for people who are just tuning into the podcast for the first time. Um, sure. Whenever we're slow on news stories, we like to play little games at the beginning of the episodes before we get into the main topic. And so uh, this is one of the games that we do. We go on to. Did you get them from Letterboxd? 
I got them from everywhere, man. Oh, okay. So uh, we usually go through and try to find some of the uh, lowest rated uh, reviews or, or lowest uh, score reviews that we can find and uh for movies that generally are not considered bad movies but uh and we try to find some of the funny ones and read them to each other and see Mm -hmm. if the other can guess what movie we are talking about now the last time around i did just godzilla movies so this time around do you have a theme for them or is it just kaiju movies in general just kaiju movies in general they are in the Toho catalog, but there's at least one that's not a Godzilla movie. Okay. Okay. So I will see if I can guess it. So we're going to let you hand, I'm going to hand it off to you and you give a, get us started on the first review. Okay. So we're going to start off with this, this, this beauty that I found by way of letterbox. <clears throat> and it reads like this. A whole lot of buildup for a dude dressed as a monster destroying someone's train set. One half star. Hmm. Destroying a train set. Train set. What? What movie? Huh. I'm gonna go with. Oh, see, it's a lot of buildup. So, uh, would it be? Godzilla raids again. <laughs> Is there a train in that one? I don't know. I couldn't remember. It was the one that I couldn't remember the most. No, so no, no, I was no, like, no. Maybe that's the one where. Yeah, that's not. That's the one where he gets trapped in the in the ice. From oh the yeah, that's right. In, in the in that's the biplane. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the Godzilla movie I have seen the least. So that I figure I was like, oh, I'll go with that one. <laughs> it's an underrated film, but um. I'll give you one more guess. Okay, train, train. Is it Gojira? The first Godzilla? <clears throat> ah, okay. The okay. correct answer is Rodan. Oh, Rodan. Okay, yeah. <laughs> wow. <sighs> yep, yep. It's actually, it, that's actually a real, that's a fan favorite. I know uh, the guys from Kaiju Apostle. Uh, our friend Nathan, Elijah, all of us really think that that's actually a, a solid movie. And I think, and I've had, and I've talked to a lot of uh, giant mon- I've talked to a lot of science fiction fans that aren't necessarily Godzilla fans, who say they have really enjoyed that one. But for some reason, this person did not and decided to give it one half star. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, everyone's entitled to their opinion. That's why I, when it, whenever I was doing uh, this, guess the bad movie review last time, I tried to pick funny ones because, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to make fun of anybody's opinion because you know people have a different opinions. If you don't like a movie, that's you know that's fully okay. But when people do silly things like, oh man, you remember the last one when it was Godzilla <laughs> 1984, and they went through a whole story about their life and what was wrong. With with their life and how their butt isn't as firm as they wanted it to be because they haven't been yep. exercising and yep. it was just like this is a monster movie review why are you doing this <laughs> i found several like that but i i just i i just didn't want to go through the journey this time honestly. <laughs> just just was not willing to 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 go down that rabbit hole i've got some pretty good ones here but uh i've got seven okay. total so that so one down six to go <clears throat> okay so here's okay. here's the next one here's the next one 
A big insult to both monsters that fight on screen. The musical score is easily the best part of this movie. The worst part easily is the suit. I've seen Halloween costumes that cost under $10 that look better. Oh, that's gotta be uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. That is correct. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's I know what people complain about with that movie. I know the chief complaint. That, <laughs> that, that is cor- that is correct. And you know that film does get that that film does get some hate. And but I personally love it. I, I do. I I personally love King Kong versus Godzilla. If if you view that film, if you're able to view that film as sort of a comedy or sort of a satire, it's mm-hmm. actually a really fun movie. But if you try to take it, if it if you try to take it too seriously. Yeah, you're probably going to be a little bit disappointed. Yeah, my favorite review for that one uh, last time that we did this was, uh, that woman sure says Kong a lot. <laughs> like, well. Oh, that's yeah. right. You did use. Yeah, you did use yeah, uh, King yeah. Kong versus. I forgot like, about that. I mean, yeah. he's in the movie. It's like, what do you expect? <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Daggone it. If I remember that, I wouldn't have used that one. Okay. That's all right. That's all right. Okay, next one. Next one. Okay. This one's a short one for you. This film earned a PhD in stupid. <laughs> oh, man. Mm, I'm going to go with Godzilla 98. <clears throat> ah, man. You want to guess again? I'll give you uh, one more. I'll be kind. Uh, uh, I, I, I can't think. Um... And there's not much first, to go on there, so... First thing that comes to your mind, go. Uh, Godzilla vs. Mothra. Nope. Okay. Wrong again. It's Godzilla's Revenge, or All Monsters Attack, for everyone, for oh, everyone yeah. else. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I tried to find a really funny one for this one, but all of them were super specific, and I didn't want to make it too easy. So this is just the... This is just the, the most generalized review that I could possibly find. Uh, about that movie yeah and honestly i know we like to say that there are no such thing as bad opinions but this is sort of a bad opinion because i've actually grown to like i know a lot of folks have grown to like godzilla's revenge Mm, i'm still on the fence about it (laughs) i need to revisit it I, i i need to revisit it yeah, that's true. I think I think it does deserve a uh, a reevaluation for sure. Uh, like a lot of the Showa films that a lot of that people like to poop all over. Yeah, yeah. So all right, so yeah. all right. Give me a good one. Give me a good all one. Right, all right, all right, all right. I was warned about this one. Very bad CGI effects and really hateable human characters bring this one down. The big G himself is barely in it. And get this, the military wins. Yes, the military actually succeeded in beating Godzilla and without the anti-war messages of the original. And that's just and that's just as lame as it sounds. To make it more to make it more lame, the military HQ looks like it's on a very low budget and again, the characters are just so irritating and refuse to evolve in any way. I just feel like this is a really bad JSDF propaganda film. Hmm. Hmm. See, I want to say, because you say bad CGI, you're talking about Godzilla. I, I immediately want to say 
G98 again, because that's just like, that's the way it's leaning towards. And, you know, of course the military defeats Godzilla and that, and that's one of the big things that people complain about. But I think you're throwing me a, uh, go ahead. I did say that all of these films are in the Toho catalog. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I, I see. the The review makes me want to say G ninety eight, but I think I think you were throwing me a curveball there, and I think it's going to be <laughs> Shin Godzilla. Nope. Oh, nope. oh. you're wrong. Oh. I am. I did. I did throw you a little bit of a curveball, and I, I I knew this one was a little bit tough for it. it was going to be a little bit tougher. So I'll go ahead and tell you, the answer to this one is actually Godzilla versus Megaguirus from oh, 2000. Wow. Wow. Yeah, because that, that, that definitely does sound like a complaint someone might have for G98. And that's definitely a complaint that I can see someone having for Shin Godzilla, even though I wouldn't agree with it. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I tried to, I, I, there was a lot of, when I was reading through the reviews on this movie, um, there was a lot of references to buttholes, and I really wanted to pick one of those, but they were all super long. So, Is there something about a butthole in that movie? I don't remember that. I don't know what the connection that people were making between like between the, the black hole and Godzilla's butthole. I don't know. Oh... Oh, uh, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I, I didn't understand it. So I was like, okay, that, that's just dumb. I'm just gonna, oh, I'm just I would, I, I would have, if it was me playing this one, uh, this round, or, or doing you the round. You would have picked the butthole. You I would have picked one of the butthole ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely, boy. absolutely, I would have picked one of the butthole reviews. <laughs> you're like, you're a lot like Alex. You both love, well, no. I'm not uh, yeah, no, let's, let's no. stop that sentence right I, there. Okay. I'm going to stop right there. Uh, I'm glad that I caught myself because I was going to say something <laughs> on air that I was going to regret dearly. So we'll just leave it right there. Okay. Uh, there's a little inside joke for you guys uh, between us and the, mo- the guys from Monsters vs. Men. There we go. All right. I've got two more. Okay. <clears throat> two more. Uh, so I'll try to end these on a high note. Okay. Okay. Why do civilians not know who Godzilla is in any of these movies? It would it would it be great if there was some sort of continuity? It, w- it would be great. Sorry, it would be great if there was some sort of continuity after fifty years of monster attacks. They are consistent about some things, though. The effects are cheesy, and the dialogue is truly ridiculous. After all these years, why can't the Western voiceover actors pronounce nuclear correctly? I'm guessing the Japanese doesn't doesn't take these movies very seriously. I sure hope they don't. Hmm. 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 Um. I'm just gonna go for. I'm gonna go for. Let's go with for uh, GMK. Yeah. Want to guess? This is a little tough. You want to guess again? I'll give you another guess on this one. Because uh, cause it has to be one of the ones, because in the Showa era, everybody does mm-hmm. know who Godzilla is. In the Heisei right. era, everyone knows who Godzilla is. So it has to be like from a millennium period film. 
because those are the ones where they're that each movie was kind of in its own continuity. So mm-hmm. maybe go. Let's go with Godzilla versus. Uh, oh, I don't know. This would have been a good one for Megaguirus, but it's not written about Megaguirus. Hmm. God, let's, let's say Godzilla. I don't know. Godzilla Final Wars. Nope. Wrong again. The, the correct answer is Godzilla versus Destroya. Destroya. They do know who Godzilla is in that movie. I know. That's why I thought this <laughs> review was so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, do. it's... It's literally like the final act of the of the the uh, oxygen destroyer continuity, right? Yeah, like they do know who Godzilla is. The movie opens with Godzilla, and and then they you know he's melting down, and then they talk about how oh he, you know all this time Godzilla has been d- building up his energies, and now he's starting to melt down. So it's like oh oh that's weird. That's weird. but I do see where they're getting the nuclear uh, thing because uh, they do say. They do say nuclear wrong in that a lot. <laughs> how do they say it in that? Is it nu- nuclear? 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 Wait, I can't even know how. I don't even know how they say it in the movie. I haven't seen that movie in forever. Maybe I need to watch that. Yeah, because because uh, I, I think uh, if I think the proper way of saying it is nuclear, mm-hmm. but they say nuclear. Nuclear. Okay. Did I say nuclear or nuclear? I think you said it right. Okay. Maybe. Well, when this episode comes out, we'll know for sure. But I think I said it right, but I'm not 100% sure now because you're making yeah. me question myself. Yeah, I know. I know. I always question myself whenever somebody talks about that. I'm like, which uh, one do I say? Nuclear or nuclear? <laughs> it's an easy thing to screw up. I get that part. But the whole 50 years of co- the, the continuity and 50 years of monster attacks. I mean, the Heisei, tril- that Heisei trilogy, um, the, Heisei, uh, Fran- the Heisei era of Godzilla does have fairly good continuity uh exactly exactly and like i I said this is the third act of the the oxygen oxygen destroyer uh trilogy so right yeah so yeah that just that makes no sense this person doesn't know what they're talking about yeah okay so we're gonna end on a high note okay (laughs) hit me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I had to phone a friend on this one because I needed to figure out, I needed to find out in what context this word is being used. Okay. Any sense whatsoever. So there you go. That'll give you a little, that'll give you a little primer for what I'm about to read. Okay. <clears throat> okay. This movie is a pastiche in the same way, in the same sense that my bowel movements are a pastiche of everything I've eaten early in the day. that is someone who is taking like uh um high school english classes and And they discovered what the word and they discovered the word pastiche yeah it's like i just learned this word so now i have to use it in a sentence Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay i have no idea (laughs) oh boy 
I'm gonna throw out I'm gonna throw out Shin Godzilla again just because Man, like, you are really you're really you got Shin Godzilla on the brain today. I just know that there are Shin Godzilla is a gold mine when it comes to finding terrible reviews or not just you know re- negative reviews of the movie, but like reviews of people just making very stupid arguments. So mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's why I keep saying Shin Godzilla. Yeah, the reviews I found on Shin Godzilla were very wordy and 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 Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can say that it's not Shin Godzilla though. Okay. It okay. is not Shin Godzilla. This you know, just for just for kicks and giggles, I'm going to read this one more time. Just okay. because for just for kicks and giggles. This movie is a pastiche in the same sense that my bowel movements are a pastiche of everything I've eaten earlier in the day. And I had to phone a friend on on to, fi- to make sure that this person is using the word pastiche correctly. And it turns out they're not. But that's a whole <laughs> other course. story. Of course Turns not. out they're not actually using it correctly. Okay, so the, the answer to this review is Godzilla Final Wars. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So maybe maybe they're trying to say that Final Wars is a pastiche of Destroy All Monsters, maybe? I don't know. Pastiche? Let me look that I gotta look that up. Well, no, pastiche, because I looked this up already, man. Okay, okay. Pastiche is, like, directly mimicking something. Like, directly mimicking the characteristics of something without it being, like, a parody. Because a parody... Sort of like Saturday Night Live, like they'll do parodies of like Barack Obama, George W. Bush, and they're right. they're making fun of something. Right, in order it's meant to, to be humorous. Right, they're making fun of something to highlight a specific message about that particular subject. From the way I understood it, a pastiche is making, or not necessarily making fun of something, but mimicking something just for the sake of mimicking it. There's no other underlying reason why you would do it. Right. So like how Quentin Tarantino uses kind of a um, like the old gangster style movies and stuff and uh, Kung Fu movies as his as his inspiration for his films. So he has kind of like a pastiche of those. Sort of. That's the way I understood it. That's the way I understood it. Like I said, I had to phone a friend just to make sure that this person was using the word pastiche correctly. And it turns out they're not, which doesn't really shock me because it's the internet and people don't use words correctly anyway. Right. Yeah. So so there we go. That is the last bad review I have for you, Travis. You did okay. Uh, I was hoping you would, I was hoping I would, um, that you would guess a little bit more of these, but I will admit these are kind of hard. Yeah, I mean, I was just throwing ones out there because I'm like, I don't know. And it's it's funny just to guess random stuff. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's funny. And I can honest and like uh, I can honestly see where you would get G98 for that one question about the bad CGI, because, yeah, the CGI in that one hasn't held up too well. over. The yeah. Years. And I can also I like I also see where that's coming from with uh, Shin Godzilla, too, because Shin Godzilla you didn't. You don't expect it to be so CG heavy, but mm-hmm. it's CGI heavy. So yeah, yeah. There's some bad CGI moments in that one too. Yeah, but that's neither here nor there. So Travis, shouldn't we? Uh, don't we have a main topic to get into this week? Yeah. So hopefully the listeners enjoyed that, and we will bring more of that uh, later down the line. Whenever we don't have a 
uh, news story to cover. Um, yeah, let's get into our main topic. So our main topic this week, uh, we asked the trivia question last week to hint to this main topic, and I did not put down any of the answers that I promised people I would give them a shout out, so I'm going to have to pull that up. Uh, oh no well through the magic of editing we'll be able to uh cut all of that dead air out yeah uh, <laughs> yeah I does anyone want me that. to sing them a song i can whistle the gamma theme right now for the next however many minutes it takes uh travis to pull all that information up this is this has never happened on the show in the 40 weeks that we've been doing this show this has never happened, but not a single person answered it correctly. Now, we <laughs> always say that you don't have to answer it correctly because we'll give you a shout out anyway. Yeah, we sure do. So the question is uh, that we asked last week, Don Messick, the original voice of Scooby-Doo, also voiced a certain kaiju's nephew in what 1970s TV show? So we're trying to find the name of the TV show. And so starting on Facebook, because that's what I have here, we have Greg Nunman, Known Man, Known Man. Uh, it said Hanna-Barbera Godzilla cartoon as Godzuki. Okay, I was wrong. Somebody did answer it right. He answered it right. I was getting ready to say you just read the correct answer. Yeah, okay, because I just read it. He said as Godzuki, so I, I lumped him in with all the ones who said Godzuki. But, uh, ah. but yeah, so he did answer it right. So, so, Greg, congratulations. You were the only person this week who answered it correctly because you actually gave us the name of the cartoon that we were the TV show that we were looking for, not the character that Don Messick voiced. Um, O'Royden Carroll said Godzuki. Okay. And Marie Mormon or more man, more man, more man, more man. Um, The great Godzuki is what she put. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Uh, and then on on Instagram, Johnny Gallagher forty seven said Godzuki exclamation point. Um, and then on Twitter, we had a few funny answers. Okay, so Elijah answered with Godzuki. Uh, our friend Elijah, who hosts the Kaiju Conversation podcast, and has the number I think it's still number two uh, largest discord kaiju focused discord server it was number three last time i talked to him but oh it might be number three number three and number two i know he's not number one but but i know he's i know that's where they're going they're heading towards it um and then uh giant monster bs our friends over the giant monster bs podcast said monster zinc i knew it I knew it. <laughs> I said this was it last week or the week before. I said that they were that I know they have sent Monster Zinc in before, and I was wondering if they send Monster Zinc in for every episode. <laughs> well, we're still gonna have to go back and confirm because they could have just. I know they listened to our Cloverfield episode where we mentioned it. Um, so they they may just be trolling a little bit, Travis. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they love to troll, uh, and we love you guys. You guys always give us a funny answer, so that's fine. Um, uh, Monster Island Film Vault podcast said Ultraman: The Adventure Begins, which was the Hanna Barbera production of Ultraman. Close, but no cigar. 
Yeah. Uh, he also, they also gave us the answer, uh, Uncle Zilla's Neighborhood. <laughs> 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 Which I really like that one. That one's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jimmy from NASA said, All in the Kaiju Family. Which was, which is funny. It is. It is. And then, uh, let's see. What's this person's uh, Twitter hashtag? Or Twitter, Twitter hashtag. Twitter username. Uh, Atomic Monster Casey mm-hmm. said, Godzuki. Weird that they didn't just make him his son instead of nephew. Yeah, no, that was, yeah. it's a weird choice making them a nephew and not just... Yeah, but then you have to talk about Godzilla procreation and stuff. And do we really want that in a kid's show? Uh, This is a shipping-free podcast, Travis. (laughs) Oh, man. The Monster Island Board of Directors said, Fools, the only logical and correct answer is Guzuki. Otherwise known as the island's resident pain in the beep. (laughs) I think I interacted with them yeah uh, you did yeah yeah Uh, and then henry from it came from a monster podcast or it came from a monster movie podcast uh said godzuki and then justin baker said is it the great and majestic godzuki in which you responded Uh, i responded you have been blessed by the great godzuki (laughs) (laughs) still the greatest meme in our catalog to this day I do really love that meme. <laughs> it's so great. And I, when I first made it, I was like, is this going too far? Yeah, probably, but I still like it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, so, like I said, we've only had one correct answer because we were looking for the TV show, not the character. And uh, But the TV show that we are covering is the Hanna-Barbera Godzilla, the animated series from 1978 to 1979. Mm-hmm. And it stars... Ted Cassidy as the voice of Godzilla, Don Messick as the voice of Godzuki, Jeff David as Captain Carl Majors, Al Iceman as Pete Darren, and Hilly Hicks as Brock, Brock Borden, and Brenda Thompson as Dr. Quinn Darren. Mm-hmm. And the plot breakdown for the show is the crew of this research vessel, the Calico, investigates strange phenomena and strange monsters. They are aided by the giant fire-breathing Godzilla and his winged nephew, Godzuki. Godzuki! Which is literally, if anyone's familiar with the Godzilla animated series from 1998, it's pretty much the same thing. Except there's no Godzuki. Except that, yeah, of course, there's no Godzuki, but there's, there's no a, Godzuki, but there's a Winston. So. There's a Winston. Oh, is that the robot? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's been a while. So Nigel. Nigel, not Winston. Nigel. I was going to say, Ni- yeah, Nigel. Nigel was the robot. Nigel, um, yeah. Yeah, so Ooh, we're going to cover just the first season. Uh, so the first 13 episodes of the Hanna-Barbera Godzilla series. We mm-hmm. might come back and do the second season later on down the line. But oh, we will. Oh, we yeah. definitely will. Let's get into opening thoughts. Uh, Michael, what are your opening thoughts on the first season of Godzilla, the animated series? It's been a long time since I've watched this. And to be honest with you, I kind of had low expectations going into it. Um, I will say that this this series benefits a lot from nostalgia. 
and you and banking on whether or not you are a diehard Godzilla fan or not. Um, you know, I enjoyed it. Honestly, uh, it was a lot of fun watching it. There's a lot of unique uh, plots and there's a lot of unique monsters. I'm sure we'll get into we'll get into that a little bit later. And um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was weird. Let me. I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna say this. It there's some times in this show that really make you kind of throw up your hands and say, "What just happened?" But overall, it's a lot of fun. I really, I really liked it. Yeah. Now I went into the, watching this with high expectations because I remember, and I remember, um, cause neither one of us were born in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we didn't watch this show when it first came out, but I remember when this show was coming on, uh, I, I think it, it was, I forget which channel it was coming on, but it would come on early, early in the morning. And so I remember waking up early, early in the morning to watch the show uh, quite a bit back when I was real young. And I loved it as a kid. I remember really, really having fun with it. And so I went into watching this and I'm like, oh yeah, this was a show I watched when I was a kid. I really love it. I've you know revisited shows from my childhood and I enjoy them still now. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to enjoy this. And then I, I watched the first few episodes. And I'm like, man, this show really doesn't hold up as well as I was hoping it would. <laughs> like, no, it, I think you're, I think you're right. They're, they're, there are, like I said, there are, this, this show really banks on whether or not you're nostalgia, you're nostalgic for either it or the franchise or the concept of Godzilla or the character of Godzilla rather itself. Um, yeah, it's, I remember watching this one on Cartoon Network, like the early days of Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it moved over to when, um, Oh God! What is the um, what? What was the channel where they had all the old Hanna Barbera cartoons? It was wasn't it car- uh, Boomerang. Boomerang, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah okay, because yeah, I, remember- I think that's where I watched it. Yeah, because they had this. Because uh, this came on back to back with He Man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember watching this in the early days of Boomerang. And I don't know exactly because I haven't watched the Boomerang channel in forever. I think it's still around, but I'm not sure. No, Um, no, it's not. But the early days of um, Cartoon Network and Boomerang and all that, I really enjoyed it. And I thought I was like, I, I had not seen this show like we said, we didn't grow up in the seventies. I grew, I was born in 86. And so I'm an, so I'm technic. I grew up in the nineties. So I'm a nineties kid. So and same with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so we didn't get exposed to this show until much, much later and sort of after the fact. And, and when we did get to watch it, it was sporadic, few and far between, uh, you know, kind of like you, you kind of have to catch it. It, it. I remember it not being on like a really specific schedule. It was right. more like, it felt more like they used the show as filler to just fill a spot. Yeah. Uh, whenever they needed a spot filled. There we go. Yeah. Now I, I like a lot of, um, I will say this though. And I like a lot of old Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Oh, so do I. Um, so do I. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I love, I love the Herculoids. I love, uh, space ghost. I love a lot of those old ones. The, and so th- me not, 
or thinking it held me feeling like this show didn't hold up has nothing to do with the fact that it's just an old Hanna Barbera cartoon because there are plenty of old Hanna Barbera cartoons I do enjoy. Mm-hmm. I will say though that even though I felt like at the, at the beginning of the of of the of the season, it felt like the show didn't really hold up to what I remember it being. Mm-hmm. By the time you get to towards the end of season one, mm-hmm. it actually is really good. And I actually did have a lot of fun with it. So I, I think yeah. the second half of the first season, it really picks up and starts getting a lot better. And we can get into that um, as we get into our likes and dislikes. Mm. Yeah, um, after so- episode seven, after episode seven, the series uh, does get a lot more fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, you know, the, the first few episodes, it just kind of like it's very formulaic. It's kind of the same thing over and over again. And it's not as interesting. And then you get into... You get into the really weird stuff, like you mentioned <laughs> yeah. when, and and oh man, did I love it! I love when when cartoons and con- you know it's one of the reasons why I love comic books so much is because comic books can go weird. Mm-hmm. I love when comic books go weird. Like they have realistic, you know, more um, grounded comic books, but man, my favorites are always the ones that go really weird. And this show, once it started going weird, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Um, let's get into some of our likes and dislikes. So what are some things you liked about this show? And you can be specific about specific episodes if you want, because like we're just covering the whole season as a whole. Um, but what are some things that you liked about the first season of this show? So the first thing that I like is, well, I don't know if I like it. I'm still on the fence of whether or not I like it or not. But I found it really interesting that Hanna-Barbera stripped the character of Godzilla down to its very most basic components, which is giant, fire-breathing dinosaur, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there was no nuclear message. There was no – there was some vir- environmental stuff, but that, mo- that, but that mainly had to do with the with – the, with the, uh, other kaiju in the movie in, – or not movie, in the show, in the episodes. But – it was interesting to me how Westerners viewed, like, is this to you, Travis, a really accurate, an accurate representation of how Westerners view Godzilla? Um, now, well, see, that's interesting, because if you had asked me, if you just asked me, is this a faithful representation of Godzilla, I would have said no. No, this is obviously, this is not, you know, Godzilla. Godzilla is not a friendly generally is not a friendly monster that comes when you call him. And mm-hmm. uh, he definitely doesn't shoot lasers out of his eyes. Um, <laughs> but if you, but you ask me if this is a good representation of what Westerners think of when they think of Godzilla. And I think at the time, yeah, I think it was pretty close to what Westerners, because if you, even if you look at, cause I'm looking at it right now, the poster for Godzilla King of the monsters, the 1955 or 56, um, you know, recut with Raymond Burr uh, version of Godzilla mm-hmm. that in that, in that poster, Godzilla is green and has very expressive like eyes mm-hmm. and the, the atomic breath looks more like fire. It's like painted orange, like fire. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking at the same poster. So I, I get exactly what you're saying. Yeah. So I think that, yeah, I think as much as we might want to kind of knock this Godzilla as being like, oh, this is just a dumb, you know, version of Godzilla. I think this is this is actually more more closer to what maybe uh, Americans were thinking of when they thought of Godzilla. 
uh, than than we like to admit. <laughs> yeah, I think you're on to something uh, because you know, as I as you pointed out, uh, I am looking at this poster here, and you're right. In this poster and in the show, Godzilla is green. You know, obviously they. And if we think about it, media up to that point that featured a giant dinosaur or a giant giant uh, reptile, they were all green or some shade of green or, or something. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think you're I don't think you're far off. I don't think we're far off base at all by saying that maybe this is what Westerners thought of when they when they thought of Godzilla or they heard the word Godzilla. They just thought of a giant dinosaur who spits fire, which I don't know exactly where the laser eyes come from, but that was probably added as sort of a, a an extra thing to make the character more interesting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I I think there was a maybe a maybe a talks to make him more um, superhero esque. Yeah, more like more like a Superman type character because yeah, he definitely does feel that way. Yeah, because this Godzilla ha- definitely has a personality. Uh, he's very anthropomorphic in his mannerisms and the way he interacts with our human protagonists, uh, and the way he, and really the way he problem solved, um, and not to get super deep in the weeds here, but honestly, I really think that this is probably the most intelligent Godzilla that we've ever seen. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he understands, you know, uh, he understands anytime they, they spit out the like science mumbo jumbo, he seems to understand what they're saying. So Uh, it's like, he seems to understand complex things. So he definitely seems very intelligent. Yeah, there's definitely some, there's definitely some pseudoscience, uh, involved with this show. Like we, I know we like to kind of make fun of Toho for their pseudoscience, but I mean, American cartoons, American uh, science fiction shows, movies had their fair bit of pseudoscience themselves. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I'm I, I'm a Star Trek fan. I, the science mumbo jumbo is. Yeah, I is mean, like but bread still, and yeah, butter to me, <laughs> to me, I like the reason I like Star Trek more than Star Wars is because it's a little I feel like Star Trek is a little bit more grounded. Yeah, I don't know. I just watched the other day the episode where the where the Enterprise gets stuck in a in a time loop, and a lot of the sciency mumbo jumbo that they were spitting out. I'm like, uh, half of those words are just made up. <laughs> yeah, probably so. I just finished the original. I just finished the original series, but this is not a Star Trek podcast. Although, right. so that yeah, does let me let fun. me get. Yeah, I know. There's plenty of Star Trek. Uh, podcasts uh, like you know like kaiju are so few and far between that's why we are doing kaiju instead of star trek um anyway <laughs> that's neither here nor there my positives about the show i one of the positives i wanted to talk about was the theme song for this series because that theme song i think everyone remembers the theme song up uh- from the depths, 30, 30 stories, stories high. high, head in the clouds. <laughs> nope, you've already screwed it up. Oh, didn't that? How did I mess it up? What, you, what? It's, it goes up from the depths, 30 stories high, breathing fire, his head in the sky, Godzilla. Godzilla, Godzilla, yeah. Godzilla yeah. and Godzilla. <laughs> Yeah, okay. So maybe it's not as memorable as I think. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think that that theme song, you know, it's, it's really great. It was written by the same people who did, um, the, I, I think it was the same if I don't have it in front of me now, but I think it was written by the same ones who did like the Johnny quest theme song and the, um, Oh, I the, love Johnny quest. Yeah. Yeah. And the, uh, uh, it might be, I think the Scooby-Doo theme song was written by the same person. So yeah, it was, it's, you know, I think it's really good. I think it's really good. Um, one of the things I do want to mention now, I, this is, uh, this is coming from me, a 30 year old white person, but while Brock, the character of Brock isn't necessarily, I can see where it's not necessarily the best representation of a character of color. Mm -hmm. I, I want to give them props for at least thinking about it. Right. Absolutely. And the fact that. Uh, yeah. Go at ahead. this time, I was gonna say at this time, uh, I think we and I were talking about there was not a whole lot of people of color represented in like children's television. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. There, there really wasn't. There really wasn't a lot of um, a lot of people of color being represented, and the ones that were there weren't necessarily represented right. But I do want to mention though that Hanna Barbera, as a company, did really put that forward in their, in their cartoons. Like if you look at um, a good example of super friends at a time period oh, yeah, when, yeah. when people of color are not really represented and no one's going to blink an eye for not having a person of color in your show. And they decide to add, they add Apache chief. They add um, black Vulcan, which is like their version of black lightning. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, they add these, uh, I think the character samurai was added in there. So they're at least, thinking about it, which I think should count for something. It, it shows that they were at least forward thinking. Now, you know, again, it's not necessarily the great greatest representation, but you know, it was the 1970s. Yeah, so. of course. And you know, the, another, uh, another character that comes to mind uh, who happens to be a person of color is Haji. Is it Haji from um, Johnny quest? Mike yeah. Rose? Haji. Yeah. Haji's in Johnny quest. Yeah. Okay. So, even even though that character, I will admit, is very stereotyped, mm -hmm. I'm still gonna give Hanna Barbera a, a thumbs up for at least including it because they didn't have to. Right, and like you said, media at that time in the it, like er, like mid to mid to late seventies, you didn't see a whole lot of uh, persons of color represented in these television shows. It was always you know at the very most dark haired white people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I just had to I had to mention that because I just had to give that uh, um, give them props on that. Right. For um, sure. Another positive for me is I do think that the storylines in a lot of the episodes were very creative, especially like we said, when you get into the second half, because, oh, yeah. man, yeah, do yeah. they get creative. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I'm glad you said that, Travis, because I'm, I'm going to ask you. OK. Before we kind of get into the dislikes, because I don't, I don't want to hate on this. I don't want to. I know there are some dislikes, but I don't want. I want this to be a pretty even, even-handed uh, discussion about, right, the, yeah. about the series. Um, what were your standout episodes out of this first season? So, to me, the two episodes that stand out the most are, mm -hmm. uh, and I can't remember the names. I have to pull up the names. Hold on, let me let mm -hmm. me do that real quick because I, I I do want to get the names of the episodes. I'll do the same thing. We'll cut this out. Yeah. Yeah. I am wildly underprepared today. No, it's fine. Um, 
Why is that zoomed in so far? Okay. Anyway. Uh, okay. So I really liked the episode, the Colossus of Atlantis. Um, okay. When they, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. So um, they go to, <clears throat> they discover Atlantis. They travel to Atlantis and there's a robot. They discover that everyone from Atlantis is, is uh, in suspended animation because there was a disaster. And so they all went into suspended animation and then the robot that was supposed to wake them up after a certain amount of time didn't. And Godzilla has to fight the giant robot to uh, save not only the Atlanteans who are frozen uh, in suspended animation, but also because Brock and Quinn get sent back in time through a time machine to when Atlantis was still around. And they also go into suspended animation to avoid getting killed by the disaster. And so it's this, it is wild. It is so wild. And then to top it all off, they find out at the very end of it, that Atlantis was just a spaceship (laughs) (laughs) and it takes off and goes back into space. And it's like, what even is this? What even is this? <laughs> I mean, for a for a nineteen seventies kids show, I'll have to give him props because that's pretty creative. Do, have you ever watched? I don't know how much into into sci fi you are, but uh, have you ever watched the show Stargate? I've seen a few episodes when it was on, like when it was on uh, the the old Sci Fi Channel. Yeah, and so now that is so much like a storyline. That is in Stargate. And that was a modern, you know, sci-fi. This was, this show was in the 1970s and they told a story that was, that was, that becomes a major plot line in a sci-fi show in the 2000s. Like it just shows how creative they were, that that kind of story just is still being told. (laughs) So I just, I don't know. I like that. Um, The other episode that stands out to me is uh surprisingly it's the breeder beast which is a really misleading name it's a really misleading well it's not misleading if you know science which i I had to look it up because a breeder reactor is Uh, a nuclear reactor that when it 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 generates more nuclear material and radioactive material than it actually uh uses so it mm-hmm. actually produces radioactive material in the process of also uh, using up radioactive material. And so that's why it's called a breeder uh, reactor. Okay, so that um, so I was wrong when I said that this show didn't touch on, on nuclear. N- nuclear? Nu- right, yeah, nuclear. nuclear. <laughs> I know, right? There we go. <clears throat> but uh, when, yeah. when they didn't touch on those themes. Yeah, because but that's the thing. This episode is like the only episode where they actually do touch on it, mm-hmm. and that's what stood out to me was that this was the episode where they went fully into that whole idea of you know nuclear power and radiation is a dangerous thing, and kind of the themes that we know Godzilla for they right. actually brought into this episode, and the fact that it was a giant monster that Godzilla couldn't fight directly the way that he normally just breathes fire on it like there was a there was actually they had to come up with creative ways to defeat it and everything and so it was just really it was really intense and kind of um it had me on the edge of my seat for a for a 1970s kids show 
to mm-hmm. have me on the edge of my seat. Like, how are they going to defeat this monster? It's rampaging through Washington, D.C. How are they going to beat it? We just don't know because every time they would do something, it would break through. It would not. So I, I think that that episode really stood out to me as just really, really excellent storytelling. Yeah, this was um, <clears throat> this was the one where it kind of reminded me a little bit of Hetera, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's very similar to Hetera. Yeah, this is this that because I thought about that when I watched this particular episode. In fact, the roar for this particular creature sort of sounds like the cackle used for Hetera, if I'm remembering it correctly. Um, which, you know, if we're all Godzilla fans, if you've not seen Godzilla versus Hetera, Godzilla versus the Smog Monster is basically uh, a giant tadpole mutated by pollution comes to rampage across Tokyo. Godzilla has to stop it. Yada yada yada. Go watch the right. movie. It's good. Which but which is the story of this of this thing. Right. It's this microscopic um, creature that was uh, mutated through radiation and pollution and becomes gigantic. Yeah, and at the end of the episode, she basically scoops it up into like a into a jar and says, "Oh, this is this is what it actually is." You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So now I I you know I mentioned what standout episodes I had. What were some standout episodes to you? Uh, let's see. Like I said, <clears throat> the series gets better after about episode six. Um, uh, one honorable mention is the energy beast. I know you and I like that one a lot. Um, oh yeah. I didn't know if I, when I first started watching that, I didn't think I would like it. Yeah. But the, then when, yeah. It, when you get to the part where there's two Godzillas mm-hmm. and that like, I was like, okay, okay. I'm on board with this. Cause like at first it just was kind of like generic, like all the other previous episodes, right, but then it, it goes in a, a totally different way than I expected it to go. And so, yeah, yeah, definitely. Right. But the one that I, one of the ones I picked out because it was just so over the top was, uh, it was episode nine, uh, titled Island of Lost Ships. Uh, so basically the crew of the Calico are, they crash land on this rock and then they have to come ashore to this island. Um, and they and it's it's kind of teased early on in the episode where the captain uh, is being lured by the siren song, you know. And mm-hmm. so when they come ashore to this island, we they're greeted by the I, in my notes, it literally says Greek woman because I cannot remember what her name is. Um, but in that episode, we are greeted by not one, not two. But three kaiju. We're greeted by first the Minotaur, um, then the uh, the Chimera, and then the episode ends with the Chimera. Or then we're okay. Sorry. Then the woman, the Greek woman, grows into a kaiju herself, merges with the Chimera to make the Chimera stronger. Oh boy, that <laughs> that episode is wild. Yeah. Now, one of the things that stood out to me, I, and I, I messaged you as soon as I watched this episode, because I was like, there are three Greek, Greek, three Greek women. Uh, <laughs> uh, I told I told a putty tat. Um, <laughs> three Greek women who are in this, and they're basically, they are the sirens of, right, of Greek legend, right. is what they're supposed to be. And they merge into one giant Greek woman. And it's like, these women Voltroned into a giant woman. And it's like, 
What? What? Yeah, yeah they did. <laughs> I, 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 I told you. I told you the episode nine uh, was one of my favorites just because of how crazy it was. Yeah, this is so crazy. So crazy. I was like, okay, okay. This is the turning point, I think, when I was like, this show is just nuts and yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and then I think the other episode that I, I wanted to mention that kind of stood out to me was actually the last episode of season one, The Time Dragons. Oh, um, yeah. The Time Dragons was really fun. Um, and really, basically, that episode is just they they wind up back in time on this island um, where they have to avoid and fight dinosaurs. They run into this civilization of cavemen. Um, their names escape me, so I apologize for that. But um, But yeah, so they have to defeat this tyrannosaurus but they all they call them all dragons which Mm -hmm. was kind of weird but kind of makes sense because you know back in the day back in back in the medieval times or well well this is not medieval times but anyway everything probably would have been referred to as a dragon because they didn't know the difference they didn't know the difference between a dinosaur and a dragon and you know the the crew of the calico became the dragon was it the dragon whisperer or the dragon uh, something. It was the dragon yeah, something. Yeah, something. Yeah, anyway. So the way they defeat the 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 Allosaurus or the Tyrannosaurus at the end of it, which was sort of a, which was basically a knockoff of Gorosaurus, um, they found a pool of uranium and made mud balls out of them, which it turns out the uranium is what you can be what you can use to uh go back and forth through the time scape which was crazy um like i can see godzilla being able to pick up uranium and use it but it didn't quite make sense to me for humans to be able to pick up the uranium and use it eh you know right yeah it's sort of one of those instances where you gotta where you kind of gotta suspend your belief a little bit and if i'm a like if I'm a six year old kid watching this movie, I don't know what uranium is. Uh, for all I know, it's just shiny silver mud um, that they use to go back and forth in time. Which <laughs> you know that episode's a lot of fun. That episode's a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, um, it's it it is a lot of fun. Um, we need to we need to move on because we need to sure. we need to get into. Let, let's talk about. I don't want to like I don't want to dwell on dislikes, but there are some things that I think mm-hmm. are negative about the series. Sure. One of the things is the dated animation style. Um, (laughs) Of course, you know, it's from the 70s. Of course, it's Hanna-Barbera, Hanna-Barbera. While a lot of them are a lot of, you know, a lot of their shows are a lot of fun. They also did have, you know, they did some of their animation on the cheap. And so there was a lot of uh, shortcuts uh, in there. And so I think that, you know, you get a lot of size inconsistencies, Mm-hmm. In the show, you know, sometimes Godzilla is humongous, sometimes he's smaller, sometimes uh, Godzuki is 10 foot tall, sometimes he's the size of a human. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like, it, there's so many size inconsistencies there. Um, the acting, the voice acting is very cheesy and hammy and very much of a t- of the time period that it came out in. Right. Um, my biggest complaint, my biggest complaint for me for the show is... The fact that I, I think it was one of the reasons why the show didn't last long. And it's not as uh, because, you know, it, it really it only lasted two seasons. Mm-hmm. 
And I think one of the reasons why people didn't connect with this show as much back in the day is because the characters, the human characters were not mm-hmm. as memorable mm-hmm. as, you know, you, you look at, you look at like other Hanna-Barbera shows like Scooby-Doo right. and how memorable all the human characters are in that. Or mm-hmm. you look at the Herculoids or Space Ghost or, or uh, Johnny Quest and all them, like how memorable all of those human characters, all the characters are in those shows Right. And these human characters in this one just aren't as memorable and, and interesting to me. Um, so what'd you think of that? And what are some other, you know, maybe negatives that you had on the, on the show? The human characters to me are serviceable. You know, they're, they're completely serviceable. They're very uninspired. Uh, you know, it's just, it, they're kind of a bore to listen to. And then you've mm-hmm. got, then you've got the Kenny there. Uh, that gets on my nerves after a while, but uh, it's a kid's show, so I, I look over that. Um, you're right about the animation, though. The animation was stiff at best, and I don't know how to describe this, so I'm going to just describe it the best way I know how. It was very 2D, very two-dimensional. There was no... There was really no depth to any of the anim- like the an- any of the drawings, any of the animation. Like everything just looked very flat and rushed to mm-hmm. me. Now I'm not an animator, so I'm not going to sit here and critique uh, the animation skills of the fo- of the good folks at Hanna Barbera because you know that's well above my pay grade. But from a just a casual observer, everything just felt sort of flat. There was no there was there was life to it, but there was not much life to it, right? Right. Um, and I think you're right about the 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 human characters, the human protagonists, uh, sort of uninspired. Uh, some of like a lot of the dialogue was cheesy and you know can you know campy, but it's a kids show, so I can look over that. Uh, we get campy cheesy dialogue in Ultraman, and we both love Ultraman, so we can and well, there's campy cheesy dialogue in throughout the entire Godzilla franchise, but. You know, we still love it. Uh, right. So I won't necessarily knock it for that, for what it was supposed to be. Um, probably my main gripe, honestly, was how, like, I love and appreciate and also am annoyed with how weird and how far away it did stray away from the actual spirit of the character. And I know that had a lot to do with... Um, Hanna-Barbera not able to get certain things, certain certain things that would have made it more Godzilla-y or Godzilla-esque right. uh, than what we did. Like, for instance, the roars. It just literally sounded like a man going into right. the microphone. Which, which it was, because the, the, especially for Godzilla, yeah. was the voice of Ted. It was uh, Ted Cassidy, who yeah. plays Lurch, or played Lurch in the Addams Family series. Like, the only... The only real actual produced roar that i can think of huh maybe the one from um what's the ep- the episode that you really liked the uh the breeder beast oh that yeah one had, that one had actually had a roar attached to it and the tyrannosaurus in the final episode uh the time dragons that mm-hmm. actually had a, a legitimate roar to it but everything else just literally sounded like a guy making animal noises into a microphone yeah we were still a few years away from uh frank welker becoming the go-to guy for 
uh, animal noises in animated TV shows because anybody who knows voice acting and knows animation, Frank Welker, uh, one of the things that he did uh, just just to show you, I mean, he also has done the voice of Megatron and a million other things, but he did all of the roars in The Lion King. That was him doing those sounds of those lions. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, because uh, funny enough, capturing a lion roar on tape is very difficult. Um, so they had Frank Welker do the lion roars, and he's just really good at making those uh, sound effects, those animal sound effects. And Frank Welker was around at this time because he was working on Scooby-Doo at the time, but he mm-hmm. was still a few years away from really becoming the go-to guy for these sound effects. So yeah, they were just using just you know regular guys, regular actors to make the roar sound and it just yeah, yeah you know if and everything else everything else i said that i court i sort of disliked about the series i can kind of look over because of one when this was made two who it was made for right mm-hmm. um but i guess sort of the roars and as 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 silly as it sounds like the roars were sort of the icing on that cake where it took a lot of times when I'm watching these episodes, I'm actually I'm enjoying them. And then when that and then when the sound effects come on, it takes me out of the moment because it just sounds off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, yeah, I can definitely see that. I can definitely see that. I totally understand that. Um, I want to move into uh, there is a I want to talk. Uh, we're going to make a a a positivity sandwich here. Sure. So we've talked about, we've talked about our negatives. We talked about our positives to begin with. Then we talked about our negatives, but before we get into our closing positives, I want to get into a few of the fun facts here. Cause it ties into what you were talking about. So, um, uh, one, the only real fun fact that I have, cause there's not a lot that I have for this show, uh, is in episode eight, uh, which is another really crazy fun episode. Um, there is a reference in a cave drawing to, Ultraman. Oh, I remember. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you showed me a picture of it, but I also remember that episode. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so that was kind of cool that there was this reference to Ultraman and this would be years before Hanna-Barbera would do their own version of Ultraman. So it appears to be what Ultra set like a Ultra seven. Yeah, at least it looks like. Yeah, yeah, it looks it looks a little bit like Ultra Seven, or because there's two of them standing next to each other, so it could be the original Ultraman and Ultra Seven next mm-hmm. to each other. Uh, so yeah, it's it's interesting. It was an interesting little uh, nugget there that I found. Now, um, one thing that I found interesting. Now, this is an excerpt from Japan's favorite Monstar, the unauthorized biography of the Big G by Steve Rifle. Mm-hmm. And in this book, he actually quotes Joseph Barbera. Uh, who was a big, I need you to get your thing off of there. Cause your name is showing up as blocking what I was reading. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, but in it, uh, Joseph Barbera says uh, this quote, he says, my job back then was to dig up new characters, new ideas, new shows. And I had wanted to do Godzilla for a while. See, I actually found this out that Joseph Barbera was a fan of Godzilla and of Ultraman at the time like he actually did enjoy those things so uh it's uh it was kind of cool and you can kind of see that in uh the way that they produced these shows that that Mm -hmm. even though they're not quite uh they're not they're not faithful adaptations of godzilla they still were you could still see there was a lot of love put into them sure 
Um, he said, I liked the monster thing and the way it looked, and I thought we could do a, a lot with it. And then, uh, so he says, uh, so I contacted Hank uh, Saperstein, 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 however you Saperstein. say that name. Saperstein. Okay. Yeah. Uh, who was a very good friend, and we got talking about it. Uh, but then he goes, uh, and, you know, and he says, he talks about, uh, how they've had the father son relationship and they kind of wanted something like that with Godzuki. Uh, they've done that with like Johnny quest. Uh, Johnny quest had a lot, uh, uh, inspired the show a lot, which you can kind of see with the way the show is. Um, but he said the problem with the show was simply this, when they start telling you in standards and practices, that you can't shoot any flames at anybody, don't step on any buildings or cars. Uh, then he said, pretty soon they've taken away all the stuff that Godzilla represents. And right. that became the problem. Um, to maintain a feeling of Godzilla, at the same time, cut down everything that he did and that he's known for. Uh, you know, it, that's kind of why the show became so different than what maybe Godzilla fans, diehard Godzilla fans, are used to. Right, and that's why you see a lot of, uh, which makes a lot of sense now, because you see a lot of water battles in this series. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I like that um, somebody else, uh, uh, Dwayne Poole, who was a um, uh, producer on the show, uh, or helped develop the show, he said that they didn't want to use, or they couldn't use uh, a lot of... um, they couldn't use a lot of the kaiju from the Godzilla franchise. So they kind of were inspired by the monsters, but not directly translating them. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see that with, like you were saying, the, the breeder beast, it basically is Hedorah. Mm-hmm. And sure. you've got, uh, you've got the first monster that they even fight in the series is, is Rodan. It's not called Rodan, but it, it's basically Rodan. So I right. like, I like that they did that. Uh, I think that showed a lot of creativity where they would take the ideas of these monsters and translate them over into the show, but not directly. They would kind of, you know, be creative and and do their own thing with them. Yeah, for sure. Um, And that being said, I did want to ask you a question since we're talking about the monsters in the series. What was your favorite monster? Now, we talked about our favorite episodes, but what was your favorite monster in the show? Oh, boy. Um, you're catching me off guard a little bit. Um, well, I have it highlighted in red in uh, in the show notes. <laughs> oh, well, maybe I looked over that. I'm sorry. <laughs> thank, thank you for pointing out, Travis, to the listener that I can't read. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go with, you know, a lot of these monsters were pretty silly. I'll be honest with you. They were, pretty, Oh yeah. They were pretty silly and very, and like a lot of times I couldn't take, they were so silly. I couldn't take them seriously. Um, so I'm going to go with the chimera with, from episode nine. Oh the, yeah. The, the, the lion bull slash snake hybrid. Yeah, that's a that was a good one. That was a good one. Um, my favorite monsters. I have two of them. So I I really liked the magnetic monster just because I like the design. Um, sure. and it was from episode I forget which episode it was from now. Like six, wasn't it five or six? Yeah, something like that. Where it was uh it was a big turtle. Um, 
And right. yeah, yeah. And I'm just, I'm a sucker for turtles. I love turtles so much. Of course. So, you know, I had to go with that one. But episode I actually, ten, it was episode 10, the magnetic terror. Okay. Yeah. That one. Uh, but I actually, I really liked the Cyclops from the one where I, uh, in episode eight. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. And the fact that it could turn invisible <laughs> on top of everything else, it, yeah. it brought, it, it felt a lot like it was inspired by um, Ray Harryhausen, you know, the, the Cyclops from Sinbad. Yeah, I can see that. And so it kind of took me back to that whole, you know, watching Harryhausen films as a kid and watching the, the Cyclops from that, from that movie. Um, so I, that one, that one I think is my favorite out of all the ones that we watched. Um, but yeah, uh, is there any other things that you want to mention before we get into our, our scores and our final thoughts? No, I think we've covered, uh, pretty much everything. This series is, um, you know, this series is pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, I'm, I'm going to say it. I, I don't, I don't really say it in my, um, my final thoughts, but if you're a Godzilla fan, I would say give this show a watch if you haven't watched it, but just realize uh, that from the time period that it comes from, of course, you know, just like a lot of the movies that we love, we have to take them in the context of when they came out. Right. You have to go into, you have to go into this with the appropriate expectations. Yeah. But I definitely think the second half of the season of this first season, anyway, the second half is much better than the first half. The first half, it's kind of, you know, boring and formulaic. Whereas, you know, you start getting into the more weirder kind of out there, real creative storylines past episode six. Yeah. And there's no real origin story. Like when episode one autumn, I think it's, I think it's literally within the first five minutes. It's like, Hey, get Godzuki to call Godzilla. And right. so we're you automatically know that God's there we're in a world where Godzilla already exists. They don't have to discover Godzilla. They don't or they don't have to uh there's no backstory as to how Godzilla came to be similar like to like what it was during the um uh the Godzilla 1998 animated series where there right. was a little bit of backstory Whereas with this, Godzilla is already a thing. He already exists. And apparently he's already been working with these people for some time now. Right. Yeah. Um, Now, for anyone who's never listened to the podcast before, we usually score the movies that we watch out of five Godzukis because we like to pay homage to the great Godzuki and embrace the silly side of these giant monster movies by using him as our yardstick to measure these uh, things. But since Godzuki is such a main part of the thing that we're reviewing this week, I decided to switch it up instead of giving it out of five Godzukis. Let's give it out of five Greek women who Voltron into (laughs) one big giant woman. <laughs> so, <laughs> out of five Greek uh, sirens who Voltron into one giant <laughs> siren, how many of them do you give the first season of Hanna Barbera Godzilla? Oh boy! Okay. <clears throat> Thank you so much for that, Travis. <laughs> um, 
thank you. First of all, thank you for that imagery. Just, just <laughs> thinking about it. Five of them just merging together to make one giant woman kaiju. But anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, so, <laughs> so I have to give this, this season one of Godzilla, the animated series from 1978, Hannah, made produced by Hanna-Barbera. I'm going to go ahead and give it 3.5 Greek siren women who merge at the end of the at the end of the episode to form one gigantic siren Greek woman. Three and a half of those. Yeah. Uh, do you want to give your final thoughts too? Go ahead and do that. <laughs> yeah. I will in a second whenever I quit laughing. Um. Um. So, like you said, if you're already a Godzilla fan, if you're already a giant monster nerd, just like the rest of us, um, yeah, I definitely give this a watch. It It is worth, I will say it is worth your time, but just go in with the, but if you, and if you go in with the appropriate expectations, knowing that one, this is a loose adaptation of the character known as Godzilla. It's not a heart. It's not a beat for beat, um, a representation of what we know of as Godzilla himself. In fact, I, I'll hot take um, Godzilla nineteen ninety eight. The animated series is more faithful to the concept of Godzilla than even this one was. So, going with the appropriate expectations, understand that this is from 1978, because it's going to be dated, right? And just prepare yourself to have fun, especially in the second half of season one. It's like after after episode six or seven, you're, it, it gets weird, it gets crazy, but believe me, it's a lot of fun. And I, I think that... Anyone who loves this franchise, who loves this genre in general, as much as I know the rest of us do, it's it would be worth it. I think you can watch the entire season one in less than three hours, four hours, something like that. So an afternoon, if you have mm-hmm. some free time or spread it across a couple of days like I did. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely worth it. So I suggest just go well i will provide a link to where me and you watched it travis in the show notes so if anyone wants to 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 go and watch this for themselves and behold the majesty of the greek siren women to know exactly what we're talking about yeah Um, (laughs) and speaking of which so my uh my greek siren women who merge into one giant greek siren woman <laughs> kaiju uh score is uh also three and a half i also give it a three and a half i do think this show is fun especially in the second half like we said uh this show's dated and it definitely benefits more from more than a smidge of nostalgia so if yeah. you are going into it and you don't have the nostalgia for it I don't expect you to enjoy it as much as what someone who did grow up watching it will enjoy it. But I still think that it's, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of creativity. And like Michael said, if you enjoy Kaiju for the monsters, especially there's a lot of creative and interesting monsters in the series. 
uh, <clears throat> for example, the three kaiju or the the three Greek siren women who merge into one. You know, that's that's obviously <laughs> one of them. Um, um, but ultimately, I do think that the human characters are what what makes the show suffer the most. I think that they're yeah. just not as interesting as right. other Hanna Barbera cartoons. I think the show is not as memorable as other Hanna Barbera cartoons. But as far as American Godzilla productions go, it's not a bad effort. No, it's not. It's not. And I think, you know, it, this one definitely does fly under the radar a little bit when when we talk about, you know, Godzilla. When we talk about the, the when we talk about the Godzilla franchise as a whole, um, this one sort of does fly under the radar a little bit. And I don't think I don't really think for the most part it's justified. I see why people have problems with it, but you know, go yeah. in with the appropriate expectations and just prepare yourself to have fun. That's really all I can say about this. Yeah. Um, so let's get into the next segment. We just have a quick um, a quick little thing that we're going to do next, which is the mailbag. Mailbag. It's the mail. Um, it's the mail. It never fails. But is that? Wait, is that yeah. the right? Yeah, okay. that's right. Gotcha. 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 <laughs> What's in the mail today? Um, so we have a letter from my best friend in the whole wide world, Kershaw, who has oh, sent us hey, stuff Kershaw, before. Oh, hey, Kershaw, best friend in the whole wide world of Travis Alexander. So um, now he sent us three different questions in this letter that he sent. I decided to split it up and we'll do just one this week. Sure. So if you want to, listeners, just to get it out of the way, if you want to send us a, a letter and have it read out on the podcast, make sure that you send it to kaijuweekly at gmail.com. That is how Kershaw did it. And so we are reading out his letter. Uh, so he says, hello, Kaiju Weekly. So all this time spent at home got me rewatching the Godzilla Criterion Collection again, only to have uh, only to leave me wanting more. I used to have some old VHS tapes of a good chunk of the Heisei and Millennium films. Unfortunately, I've lost those in a flood four years ago with okay. pretty much everything else I owned. Um, and yes, uh, Kershaw, um, his home got flooded and a lot of things that he owned was destroyed uh, in that flood. So I, okay. I sorry. Yeah. Um, but he wanted to ask us what, we thought were the best options when it comes to owning those movies. He's trying to avoid unnecessary dubs and edits and whatnot. So he says he prefer prefers the Japanese uh, original with English subtitles. And so uh, he wants us to tell him what is the best place to find some of these movies that he lost in the flood. Now I will start off by saying Kershaw you need to send me your address to your new to where you're living now because I have if you still have a VHS player I have a lot of my old VHSs that I have no problem with sending to you if you want to watch some of those old VHS of Godzilla's of the Godzilla films because I have a bunch of them I can send to you um, but anyway Michael what do you want to uh, what do you want to tell him uh, well okay so if we're strictly talking about Millennium Heisei um, I want to say that you can still find the majority of them, if not all of them, on Amazon. Uh, you can find like the Sony. Um, uh, if you have a Blu-ray, I'll, I'll, I'll preface this by saying if you have a Blu-ray DVD player, uh, you can still find some of the um, uh, the dual, the double feature 
discs, uh, the Sony discs um, for the Heisei and Millennium films. Typically, I think it was they would they would pair one Millennium film with one Heisei film or two Heisei films on one disc, and they're fairly inexpensive. I was able to grab all of them um, periodically. I think they were approximately like nine dollars a nine dollars or some odd uh, a piece. I think the most I ever paid for something like that was like fifteen dollars or something. Um, there, you can also find like digital copies of these things, uh, either like through archive.org, you can down which where you can download both the English. A lot of times you can download both the English dub and the Japanese, um, original language with English subtitles. You can find those on archive.org. I'm sure Travis will send you a link to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, there's there's other resources out there. Uh, uh, Voodoo, like Voodoo Voodoo has a bunch yeah. of the Heisei and Millennium movies available to buy or rent, um, and I think Amazon Prime has a bunch of them available. Uh, yes, Amazon Prime, uh, Voodoo. Uh, I does I want to say Hulu? Mm, Hulu? No, I don't think Hulu has them anymore. Hulu lost a bunch of the okay. Godzilla stuff that they used to have. They used to have them. The if you're going to go with the physical media, like Blu-ray, DVD stuff, the two movies that are going to be the hardest to find uh, and purchase are 1984 and Biolante. Those yeah. just seem like the two most difficult ones to get. Um, and I actually have a resource where he can get his hands on those, so I'll send that to... I do too. To I've got I've got copies of them. Oh, <laughs> I can okay. send to him. I can okay. send him my copies because I've got hard copies of the. Actually, no, I don't have uh, 1984. I take that back. I think I sent that one to my to my cousin already. But um, I still have my Biolante one because I forgot to send that one to my cousin. <laughs> um, I actually think I have 84. I have a I have an extra copy. I, I bought it twice and didn't mean and didn't mean to. So I think I may have 84. Yeah. Here so. Yeah, so for anyone uh, who's like Kershaw, who is wanting to start getting into the films, uh, maybe you have the Criterion collection or you're watching on the Criterion channel, um, the subscription service, and you're watching the Showa era and you're wanting to get into the Heisei and Millennium films, uh, yeah, that's some resources that you can find. You can usually find them on Amazon, um, eBay, but I'd be careful buying stuff on eBay. Um, I don't trust eBay. Like I've bought I don't either. I got a copy of Godzilla vs. Biollante on eBay. Um, I did not pay a pound of flesh for it, but I paid more than I wanted to for it. And I'm actually kind of disappointed with the video quality. So a lot of eBay sales like that, most mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, they're bootlegs. And so the video quality is going to be touch and yeah. go at best. And like we said, if you want digital, um, I know that uh, a lot of films are available on iTunes. You can purchase them and watch them. Uh, If you have like iTunes, you want to purchase them through that. Um, uh, Amazon, you can purchase digitally too. Uh, You can also uh, Google Google Movies. Still, still has some Heisei and Millennium uh, Godzilla films. Yeah, so there's there's options out there that you can uh, find them. But um, yeah. Uh, that's that's some options for you. But like I said, getting some of the, like, especially Biolante is really hard to get uh, physical media. So that one you're more likely to get, I think, a digital version of. Um, but it's iffy. It's, it's, it's yeah, iffy. You, 
Yeah, you have to really dig for that one. But I know, I know that there is a quality copy of Biolante on archive.org. Oh, yeah, yeah, there definitely is, because I have watched the archive one, uh, mm-hmm. and it is it is a very, and the same with, uh, same with 84, uh, mm-hmm. Godzilla yep. 1984, there is a, there is a quality copy on, uh, on archive and 85 you can find on archive.org. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we hope that we answered that question and we will read more of the letter that he sent in with other questions, uh, in future episodes. Great. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So, uh, the only other thing that we need to do to close out this episode is we need to ask the trivia question that hints to next week's episode. Uh, so we have been, I, I don't mention it enough, but in this month, our theme has been American monsters, which is why we covered the American adaptation of Godzilla. Uh, and uh, we you know, covered Cloverfield. We've done, we're, we're doing American monsters. So we are right. going to conclude American monster August uh, with the question, what giant monster film is referenced in the opening song of the Rocky Horror Picture Show? Now, if Ooh. you if you don't know what the opening song is, the opening song is um, science fiction double feature. So you can find that probably on let's say YouTube, Spotify. Mm-hmm. Probably, oh, I know Spotify yeah. probably has the soundtrack on. Oh yeah, because I listen to it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I love the soundtrack for Rock or Picture Show. It is a fantastic soundtrack. Um, anyway, so yeah, that's the question. So if you want to answer that question, even if you are incorrect, if you don't have the correct answer, you just want to give us a funny answer, you can do that by sending it to us. Um, at Kaiju Weekly on Twitter, you can do that on Instagram, Kaiju Weekly. On Instagram, you can also email us, kaijuweekly at gmail.com, or you can look for the trivia question on the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group because I will post it on there, and you can answer it there. So we just want to say thank you to everyone for listening and sharing this episode with your friends. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Kaiju Weekly and at Kaiju Groupie Pod. That's me and Michael. Uh, all the links to our other social medias that we mentioned are down in the description as well as for the Kaiju Groupie Facebook. So you can go down into the description of this episode and see all of the links to our social medias. You can send questions, comments, or answers to trivia questions to our email, Kaiju Weekly at gmail.com a big thank you to alex shijir and thorax for supporting us on patreon you can also support us uh the podcast uh and us and help our dreams come true of finally getting to go to blob fest next year if it's being held <laughs> and get to see the bucket of goo i must see the goo somebody sent me in a message today hashtag i must see the goo <laughs> well at least someone's listening travis at yes least yeah listening. one of the three listeners sent me a message <laughs> saying hashtag i must see the goo um and you can help me fulfill my dreams of seeing the goo uh and if you don't know what i'm talking about go and listen to the blob episode um at patreon.com slash kaiju weekly pod and Michael, you want to say something? I do. And and because and Travis, you want to see the goo. Well, I have another request. I need you, the listener, to leave us a review um, on Apple Podcasts. And so basically what I'm asking you guys, if you enjoy this content, if you enjoy us 
and our illustrious voices, our luscious, luscious voices coming into your podcatcher each and every week. And you want this show in front of all of your friends and family who happen to love giant monster movies as much as the rest of us. Please go on to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. We will accept nothing less. You can criticize us all you want in the actual comment, but at least make it five stars worth. And we will be sure to read that comment on a future episode. If you enjoy listening to our voices on the podcast... (laughs) Oh. <laughs> well, do not make me break out this one, Travis. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> okay, we're going to end the episode now because it's going off the rails. <laughs> so, to close out the episode, I'm going to say help control the giant monster population. Have your godzookies spayed or neutered. Sayonara, guys. Sayonara. Sayonara.